Okay, these are. Let's see if this works. Um, so the first piece that we hear is from a Sefer Yadish Chesel. Yadish Chesel Levenstein was the Meshkiach of the Mir Yeshiva. He was with the Yeshiva when they were in Shanghai. They published multiple, uh, eight, like eight volume set of different shmuzin and things he said. Um, but this was actually not part of the set. This is a Talmud who took notes, or that he said in the Parsha while he was in Shanghai. Um, so he, he published it separately. And then in the back, he has mices that Rukhatsky said over, said over while he was there also, different, you know, different, different stories that he said over. So it's a fascinating uh, work. And um, so. He deals with the, 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 the issue, which we'll look at you know, a few different angles of, of, this, of, of this concept. Moshe um, Benu is told by Kodesh Baruch to go out and take the Nakama of against the, the, the Minyanim. Now, just to catch out what the story is, what do the Minyanim do exactly? Where is, it, where is the Minyanim coming to the picture? Because the end of Parshish Balak they started being Mazana with Benais Mayav. Already in Parshas Pinchas, we, we have the story, at the end of Parshas Bolak, we have the story of, of Zimri. The Torah tells us it's Kozi Basnasi Binyon, it's Basnasi of Midian. Kashmir tells Mershabin of Tsararis and Midianim. You have to. You have to. You're going to have to punish them. And this expression says, So where the Midianim picture to the picture, right? So Rav Hirsch and Parshas Pinchas, where it says Saras Midianim, he says that the 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 Maya the Mayavim, it was immediately adjacent to their lands. They sent to the Midyanim because they know the Midyanim knew more like Rashi says at the beginning of being a Parshas Balak. He was Melech Moyav. Moyav was was fe- fearful their own for their own physical safety. Midyanim had no; they weren't they weren't in danger. Ideologically, they were they were against with the, against the Jews. Moyov started the process of being of of, of the 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 Benosmo started the process of Klaisov was being doing averes, and many people died. The first suggests that the Midyanim were even after these people had died, right? All these people died, so the Moyov said, "Okay, we're done. We're out of here." That's where Kozvi comes into the picture. She's already after the Pesukim are mentioned already. We already have the Zimagayfa. We already have people dying. We already have that they were judging and punishing. According to Chazal, the Pesukim says that you know, it was, was, was 24,000 people died from the, from the Magayfa. According to Chazal, here's Gwishan Hashov, that each, each, each died in Klaiso went through a judgment process to kill two people. There was 88,000 judges. 176,000 people who were killed, plus the, 20, plus the 21,000 killed by the Megafa. 200,000 people were killed from Klai Yisrael. 
that's how you do the math according to Chazal. Moshe says, "Okay, we're 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 safe. We're you know, we 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 did that." The Minyanim who came in as an ideological issue wasn't. They continued even after that story. That's where Cosby Bus comes in, and that's why Midian is the one which is going to be dealt with because they were coming. They were coming fighting against the Shem. That's how Hirsch understands the story. You know, it's a good question. I'm, I'm not going to deal with it right now. But it's, a, it's a good question. Um, okay, so Sir Chatzkel in this piece deals with over here in the parsha. We have the Kamnik Maspani right? the Kamnik Maspani Israel. The Roshim tells the Roshim tells Moshe to gather Klaisel that they should go out and fight and take them to come of Klaisel. Midyanim damaged Klayosel. So Klayosel has a right to get their Nekama. Meshurbeinu tells Klayosel, we'll say this Nikmas Hashem in Midyan. So he says, Nikmas Hashem. So Kosh was looking at it from Klayosel's side. Klayosel is looking from Kosh side. That's a good relationship. Right? Rodessa writes, when the Chassid Kalva come to him, he said, right now, your thought process is that the chassan wants to make the kala happy and the kala wants to make the chassan happy. As long as that's your thought process, you're going to have a good marriage. And so when you start switching and worry about what you want, not what the other person wants, that's when the, that's, that's when the, everything starts falling apart. So the same thing it says with the malva and the loiva. So the malva has, loiva is a chiv, loiva rosh shalim, it's called the rosh, we're not paying back, he has a chiv to pay back. The Torah says by malva that he has an issue of, 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 of pressuring the loiva. So the Mal was busy working, making sure he has responsibility to the Loiva. The Loiva was responsible to the Mal, but we have a good situation. But the Mal was talking about the Loiva's responsibilities. He says, you owe me money. And the Loiva said, you leave me alone. Right? Then we got, that's when we have problems. Right? So, but, but the Medrash, does, the Medrash grapples with, what does it mean? Kodesh Baruch tells Moshe, Nikmas B'nai Yisrael. And Moshe tells Klai, so Nikmas Hashem. So what does that mean? Russian was described the, the purpose of this Nikmas Yisrael. And Moshe changed its name. So what's going on? Why did he change his name? So uh, we'll look at two, two, one or two points about that. Now, um, before we look at that, the concept of Nakama, um, sort of Hirsch, on the, the next, on the th- third page. Um, so, the coma is a, is a difficult is is we have an interesting relationship with the concept of the coma. There's this of the term losikam. You know, take revenge. Losikam losikam. You know, hold a grudge. You know, take revenge. The Gemara and Baruch says gedola nekoma. The concept of the coma is extremely kosher. It's given between two names of Hashem. Kel Nekomas Hashem. Kel is it one of Hashem's name. Hashem's the word Nekomas is in the middle. So if, this, if the Kom is something which is negative, so why is it something which is Hashem is praised that he's Kel Nekomas Hashem? He's a vengeful God. You know it doesn't sound good, right? 
Right? Why, why is that, you know, something which is, you know, if, if being vengeful is bad, so why, why is it good to be a vengeful God? Um, so, uh, what, what is the concept of, of the comma, what does the word mean? So, the first part over here that we already have it pointed out in Genesis, right, um, that, that 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 number over there is uh, IV is going to be it's going to be a little bit a little bit difficult to read. Um, the relationship between the word nokum and the word kum, and he p- points out this. So the word nakama he's connected to the concept of, of standing up, making something stand. It is the re-erection of rights which have been trodden underfoot, or a person was thrown to the ground. The no came if otherwise himself with the object to be raised up. Okay, so um, the, the the idea over here is the re-erection of Israel from the Midianim means when a person is is wronged, there is a change in how he perceives himself and his safety and whatever it is. The concept of the revenge is to to restate the balance the way it's supposed to be. That's not negative. That's a good thing. So why is the common negative? So Chazish has a fascinating piece in his Sefer Muna Bitochen. He says that the, the, the issue is that man does not have the right to sit in judgment on another man. I have no power to be the judge. I'm the, a judge is somebody who's above, who has authority over somebody else. Betson, there's no musig of one man being a judge over another person. The only scenario where it's, where it's possible that a person could judge another person, he's, act, he's acting as a shleich of Hashem. That's why the, the, we find that the Dayonim, the, 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 the Torah refers to them with Hashem's name. Right? They refer to as Elohim. Oh, really? The universe, because at that moment they're acting as Hashem Shliach. So, because a man has no power power to, to be a sitting in judgment over another person, the concept of the kama is a form of judgment. It's a form of din. It's 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 the person did something wrong. There has to be punishment. That is re, that is reestablishing the balance that's supposed to be in the brief. But that belongs to Hashem, and in Hashem's hands, that, that's a positive thing. Right? There's been a something which is done it, something done which is it was it was inappropriate was wrong and it has to be righted it's righting the wrong it's, it's a good thing but that a human being should take that authority into his, into his hands a human being doesn't have authority to do that except he's acting essentially that's the way the Chazanish basically understands the concept so we talk about this is a, I, I never said this but the Pesukim talk about the Mershim is going to take them to come from the, the Umas Island, but when Mashiach comes, right, there was wrongs which were, which were done to Klai Yisrael. I mean, there was terrible, terrible treatment. Klai Yisrael received terrible treatment by the hands of the non-Jews over the generations. That, that, that has to be corrected. That has to be righted. There has to be a punishment for it. But it's not our job to call for that. That's Mershim's business. Right? My mother-in-law used to talk about the concept of the coma from the from the going on, on a fairly regular basis. Oh, really? <laughs> but um, you know, she lived a very happy life. She didn't focus on it, but you know, if it, it became a conversation, something about you know, 
um, solidarity, right? When the when, when Lekolesa, when the when 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 Russia came into in, into Poland, her her attitude was every ounce they got they deserved. The Polish, yeah. The Polish, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, right. You're talking about Ukraine now. It's, it's a very, it's a very, very conflicted about how to look at Ukraine. You know, the, 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 any nobody, you know, the innocent person right now you know, doesn't deserve to be hurt. But it's a country which still, like, it's a fascinating thing that that almost in every every main city, this in the, in the town square, there's a, there's a statue of Khamenei. Who was that? Bogdan Khamenei was was the head of the Cossack uprising. Uh. That, that that was he was the leader of the. The pogroms against the Jews in the sixteen hundreds, right? And there, he's a national hero. He was the one who fought for the Ukrainians against the, the Russian czars, and, and gave them independence at that point in time. He he is responsible for murdering over a hundred thousand Jews. Wow! And they didn't have the mass murder weapons. It was done one by one. But if you if you read if you ever read I once I don't remember the name of the book this is, goes back I was thirty five years ago I got it from the library in Wycliffe Ohio Florian tells the little town Wycliffe they had a they had a book in the library with that. I don't remember the name of it it was a timeline of the calamities which happened to the Jews year by year starting from the the basically starting from the destruction of the basic there's a few years before that already you know and each year they put they would put the date and they would say what happened to the Jews wow. in in Europe what happened to the Jews in northern Africa what happened you know year after year after year wow. the section that they have on it's known by it's known as Xeris Tachvatat it was the years of Tofches and Toftes which was 1648 and 1649 Right. The 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 Kassab uprising they swept through this whole area was a very very populated Jewish area, and it describes what they did. The atrocities are mind boggling. They, I mean, these people were, were were they were they were madmen. It, it, I, I'm not going to say more. Just I, I can't talk about them. It's just it's, it's, it was painful to read how low these people were. The, the hatred. And it, there's a statue of him in every city in Ukraine. You know, so like, it's a hard regish to deal with that. But you know, it's the thing my mother like, it's the Russian's job to give the Nakama. That's not our job. Okay, so that's that, that's the Nakuda of Nakama. So fascinating medrash. The time of the Shin is that we're the medrash. This is this is actually it's a medrash rabba here in Parshas Matthes. Moshevino says to Kadosh Baruch Hu, Im hayinu arelin. They hate us because we're different. If we be like them, we be a railing, do a Zora, no mitzvahs, they wouldn't hate us. You know, countries that get, get, they get, they get rivalries, etc. You know, at some point, it moves on. Well, I write to myself, the reason why there's a, a hatred to the Jews is because of the Torah mitzvahs. That's what it says. So 
Now, the, 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 the thought process of the Medrash is, the Moshe Medrash, the reason why they're against us, Moya was scared, what, there was, it was physical safety they were scared about. It was an ideological, they weren't in danger. It was an ideological issue. We don't like the Jews, because they're different than us. Right? They represent something else. So at the end of the day, the hatred is because the Torah mitzvahs. So when the Christ is going out to fight, they're going out to do what? To stand up for the Torah mitzvahs. That's what Moshe was asking Christ to focus on. Realize that the source of this hatred is because they don't like the fact that you represent Hashem's presence in this world. And you are going to out, go out and fight for Hashem's presence in this world to eradicate this, this attack on, on Hashem's presence in the world. Now, Metzimitz Chazal, one of the names, why, why is Harsinai called Harsinai? Boris goes through, uh, its real name wasn't Harsinai, its real name wasn't Harkavnunim. Why is it called Harsinai? Because Misham Yerva Sinai, the hatred came with, together with, with the Sinus of Torah. Now that we have the Torah, they hate us. I never heard that before. So, that's not the one the standard drushes that you're talking about on the this morning. I, you know, <laughs> Like it, it doesn't have the touchy feely, warm, touchy feely, you know. <laughs> so Ram writes this in the Garis Taimon. Garis Taimon was there was a tremendous persecution taking place in Yemen. Um, they wrote to the Ram, you know, to uh, part of the question they went there was this a sign the Mashiach was coming, and there was it happened was there was an individual who claimed that he's Mashiach. And there was a, that was very common when there was a tremendous source in Christ, so somebody would come forth and present himself as Mashiach. Um, Shabzi Tzvi was came in the aftermath of Xeris Takhvatad, right after, shortly after Takhvatad. So Shabzi Tzvi had his, you know, present, present himself as Mashiach. I mean, the people looked at that. After that, you know, it has to get better. So this false Messiah presented himself. The Raman wrote very strongly that he, you know, he wasn't Mashiach, etc. And he spoke about the idea of suffering, that Kaisal has suffering, and why is that, etc. Trying to make the people in Yemen. This is called Yeris Taimun. Right. So the Raman says this idea, which is better really to Medrash. It's actually it's a Gemara. Um, okay, now, but so it was, a, the, the Raman says that they were jealous. Deep down, the root of the issue is that they're jealous. They're making fun of us. They make fun of the Jews. They make fun of the, with the Judaism. They, 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 I mean, you, you, know, you picture the, 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 the church describe the Jews as all these horrible names, and the Jews are lowlifes, and they're horrible, etc., 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 etc. And deep down, because I was saying what, what really was coming was that they were jealous. The Christ has something. 
Anirus Leinayim, or Midas Chazorius Vitzicha Sheshbeim. It's not their bad Midas. It's not their hatred. It's the jealousy, which is really, which is, Chazal is saying is motivating. Everything else is, is the cherry, and is, is, you know, it, it's, it's the expression of it. Um, so now the Balmusser, Chatzah goes to the Balmusser that, um, so you have a situation, a person's not even aware that they're jealous. If you'd asked the Goy in Europe, are you jealous of the Jew? Yeah, talk about low, lowly Jews. Who's jealous of the Jews? And because I'll say, no, that, that's, that, that's, that, that, there's a, you're not even aware of what's going on. You realize that deep down they have something that you, you don't have. And you're upset the fact that you don't have it. You translate it into hatred. But really what's being parallel is the, 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 the kira which is underneath. It goes into the Balmusa thought process that we all have this issue. Um, person has to be aware how it affects himself in his own life, etc. He says it's just a fascinating point over here. I told this up to the Bukhra. Um Kina only makes sense if I, if I look and say that there's something of value over there. So if, if money is important to me, I'm jealous when you have money. Right? If money's not important to me, I'm not jealous that you have money, but, but I'm jealous of the fact that you have a, a, a nice nice family. That's important to me. So the kina is, in a certain sense, it's a measure of what's important to me. So one barker is sitting in the basement and he's been very successful in learning. Another one says, no, it doesn't bother me. I'm totally happy that he's successful. Is that coming from Midas Tavis? That he has, he works himself phenomenally. He, he doesn't. He's happy that somebody else should be successful. Or does it come from the fact that learning is not so important to him? So, how come happy you should learn? Because that doesn't bother me. So, so the Bible said, you get, they get you coming and going, right? So, really, it's, if it doesn't bother you at all, it's a right. You're not really a Bentaro. If it bothers you, so Ben Yoda says, what do you mean? Hashem is being, this individual is serving Hashem and Hashem is very happy and you're upset about it. You hate Hashem. So, so if you don't, uh, it doesn't bother you, you're not a mentor. If, you, if it does bother you, so you're serving Hashem. So you can't win, right? All the most are very good with, with, with that type of stuff. Um, I, I, it, it's that awareness of what's going on inside of you, which, which they want. It's, it's the, think, the th- thinking it through and understanding and challenging yourself what's going on. There's a mice, this is totally on the side of what we're talking about, but it's a beautiful mice. <laughs> Rivermann said over, over a story. So in Sabotka, the way the Shiva worked, this is like a little bit different than we have over, you know, than we have over here. The Bukha, most of the Bukha came from very poor families. They had no money. They didn't pay tuition, obviously, but not only that, the Shiva, the Shiva had to take care of them. They needed money for, for clothing, for food, the Shiva would give, gave a stipend to the Bukhar. Right? So he, each Bukhar got a stipend, and from that money, the stipend, you know, they would pay for their food, they would pay for their the rentals, that they, they the rooms that they stayed in the city. They didn't have a dorm. And so mm-hmm. people stayed in, Sabotka was a suburb of Kovna. See, in, either in Sabotka or in Kovna, they, they rented rooms, and that was, you know, that's how, so the Shiva would give them a stipend each month to cover their costs. Rebidman went through the, the halachas of tzitzis. He came out, you know, different kumas he wanted his pair of tzitzis. And there was, a, there, was some, there was somebody who was selling such a pair of tzitzis with all of the kumas of tzitzis. 
that he wanted, very expensive, you know, comparatively. He had no money. So each week he ate a little less and he saved to put away like one penny for a year and a half. After a year and a half, he had enough money to buy this pair of scissors. So he bought himself this pair of scissors with these various different companies. A little while later, he's walking with the altar and he mentions to the altar that he put away this money each week and he bought this pair of scissors. So the altar looked at him and he says, you put away a penny each week and you use the money for sitzes and not for stalker. That's what the altar said to him. Rebbe said over the story, and he says, had I used the money for stalker, he would have said to me, use the money for stalker, not for sitzes. <laughs> the boy said, did you think? You just come to a shagash, you decide to do it. Do you think through what's the appropriate action? What's going on over here? Why are we motivated? Like, did you challenge yourself and, or not? Or you just let, it, let things happen in Mela. That, that's not acceptable. You have to think it through. That was, you know, that's the Ruben's top touch of the story. It's good. Like, you can't win. Right? <laughs> that's great. Okay. So the reverse says that Brush um, was saying the Kleisel, I mean, we have to picture. The Pesach says explicitly that 24,000 people died. I mean, right, that idea that you, the, the Kali so lost, 20, 20, they're, they're, they're in the cusp of going to Eretz Yisrael. They've been told that Moshe Beno was is not going with them. And, I mean, that itself has to be something which is like, the whole, the whole idea of we're, we're switching to Yeshua. They've lost 24,000 people. The Kaimnik with Hashem, you want to re-erect them. The Russian says, we need to re... The Russian, so, the Russian's not happy with us. He's not, you know, we're going there to Israel, we're losing our leader, we, 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 we messed up. You know, it's... it's, it's the Kaimnik with Hashem, the, we have to re-erect them. We have to... The Russian says, I, I, no, 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 I, have, I, I, I understand that they did it to you and they deserve to be punished what they did and you, you need to be under, understand that you haven't lost your cherished place in my eyes, and I'm willing to do this for you. It thinks it's B'nai Yisrael. That's, um, um, the way Hirsch learns, Minyanim were, were still attempting to ensnare them. Ensnare them. So, this re-establishing this, this strength was breaking the power that the Minyanim had over Kali Yisrael. To, um, I once had this comment, uh, you know, I mentioned this year, I'm sure I mentioned this year somewhere along the way. Right? The, 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 the standard thought process of people is like, is like this. Yetzirah's goal is to make you lose Elam Haba. And he does it with giving you Elam Haza. So he entices you to Elam Haza. And Mela, he takes away your Elam Haba. It's a mistake. It's her goal is to take away Erlam Hava and Erlam Haza. Why? Because when a person loses Erlam Haza and Erlam Hava, he's so broken, you can't do anything at that point in time. Wow. And then it's all over. So the fellow who has an anger problem, his problem is in Erlam Haba, his problem is Erlam Haza. He hates himself for the fact that he yells at the people that he loves. The guy who can't control himself when he's eating, the problem is Elam Habu. He eats himself up alive, the fact that he eats so much. Right? He's not happy with himself. 
But what, so what is it? You see, I'm a little used, so I can't control myself. Oh, you can't control yourself. Okay, so the next thing you know, you're doing who knows what. The Yetzirah's goal is to get the guy so in such despair. So reverse is understanding that the Kremlin's the Yisrael was that they, they had to go out and fight back in a certain sense, reestablish that we are people of value, that we're not going to do these things. Um, yes, the Harlem has a part of the Itzahara that, that how he takes it away is not uh, well thought out, but it's very, very important to think about. Um, so, next passage says that Moshe Rabbeinu says. So you're going out to give Nikmas Hashem. Um, so he points out what we said. But this word gets Midian, the second, the second, uh, the page, the fourth page over here, page five, sixteen, and first. But this word gets being against Midian, not against Moab, whose purpose was to destroy the material strength of Israel, rather their, their spiritual and moral strength. The spiritual moral mold of, of this war must have been brought to the minds of people with, with, with double significance. Not who brings about Israel's material ruin, but he who achieves it, its spiritual and moral death is the real enemy. They, they let Moab go. Moab killed people in Kalyasa. But Moab wasn't there to undermine the spiritual underpinnings of Kalyasa. Moab, Midian was trying to do that. The enemy is Midian, not Moab. The average thought process would be, okay, you, you, have, you have to go attack Moab. No, 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 leave Moab alone. The fact that we, Medaka left Moab alone, but we went after Midian, was a tremendously powerful message to Claudius. So. Then he says at the end, at the end of that paragraph, um, that which in verse 2 was regarded as Nicholas B'nai Yisrael, is brought to the minds of the people of Zikbaz Hashem. Every disturbance to their spiritual moral integrity tears them away from Hashem. He currently sends them out to accomplish his retaliation against Midian. And um, by their policy of seduction, Midian had practiced the worst international crime and thereby in the eyes of Hashem had lost the rights to live as a nation amongst the nations. And that's why it shines such a punishment. But that's Zikbaz Hashem because they're going against the purpose of the Bria now. So Christ understands that the that this is an aberration of what it means to be a, a, mem a member of the nations. Yeah, there's there's Christ, there's the Muslim. They have a right to exist. We're not anti, you know, whatever it would be, anti Noah, you know, anti Semites, anti Noahites, right? You know, so, but 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 there has to be a respect for the the Russian's purpose in the Bria. Okay, that's that's um, that's that. Now the um, um, so the Sasamis over here. The Mersha Omer lost his nikmas Hashem b'midyan. The Mersha says nikmas b'nei Yisrael. Mersha says nikmas Hashem. So how do we go? That Pinchas, his kanos was b'seichom. So b'seichom literally means it took place 
in the midst of Klai Yisrael. But in, it's a good, in a good Hasidic twist, he says, Besoychom, it means inside the person. Like it says, it says that, 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 that the, the, the um, it says by the Mishkan that you should build it Besoychom, so Chazal says, you're building it in, inside of the person. Recognize what Pinchas done was right. Now, because I'll say that at the beginning they were they were they were not sure, like you know they didn't feel he was appropriate what he did, but they, they came to Pinchas's action had such a strength to it that they were convinced of the, the of the, the 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 righteousness of what he had done. That changed that that, that fortified them. So um, the um, the Bnei Yisrael, um, then he says Bnei Yisrael's mitzvahs you have not believe that Klai Yisrael now has this. They might have been had this lack of clarity of how they're supposed to relate to Midian, but now this feeling of Kalaris Kinosi B'Seichom. That they absorbed the the, the hislavus of Pinchas, the excitement of Pinchas, the, the strength of conviction of Pinchas, it's now Klayasil's claim against Midian. So it was Nikmat Hashem because it was about what they done what they done to Hashem. But Klayasil had claimed that that commitment to that Nikmat Hashem. Um, that means Harotchin Shoyu Besachem Neimaheim Losses Ois Canal. Now, they said, you know, why didn't we do what Pinchas did? Why didn't we have that 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 moral clarity, that conviction to do the right thing? Um, we waver. Uh, just just today, with somebody told me over my Rashira Gifter was like a very his moral moral clarity was very strong, um, and he's, he believed in, he believed what he believed in very strongly, and he said it what he had to say whether. It was necessarily the, it was PC or not, that wasn't too part of the generation. And many times people were swayed by it because they saw how, how the strength of it. So I'll tell you two mices. So um, there's, a, there's an organization called Arts. Arts is the Association of Advanced Rabbinic and Talmudic Schools. It's the vehicle which allows Yeshivas to get accreditation to be able to give uh, degrees, college-level degrees. So that's the that's the organization that the re- government re- relies upon to accredit. It's accreditation system for the yeshivas because you can't use a regular college accreditation to to find what whether yeshiva, yeshiva's curriculum. Um, it was started in the '60s, and uh, started the story from Rick Kreiser who heard this story from his father-in-law that when Scranton, his father-in-law was Rashiva in Scranton, Yeshiva, Scranton, Pennsylvania, when they were applying for their accreditation through arts to the government, um, it was a very long process. Getting all the, they got the, some of the paperwork in late. They were told they were too late for that, that year of accreditation, etc. They didn't want to wait, so they, they went to one of the senators, the senator from Pennsylvania, that the senator was able to you know, convene a meeting 
between them and the, the, the people on the Board of Education, which are in charge of this accreditation. One of the three people in charge of this accreditation set up the following story. It says this, go back about six years prior when they first started the program. So there was three rabbis that um, were, were, were working on it and pushing it. Uh, the three rabbis were Rabbi Naftali Neuberger Zetzel from, from Nei Yisrael, uh, a person named Rabbi Yaakov, uh, Talmud Ravara named Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Weisberg, and her gifter. Um, and they had this meeting, the first meeting to, to get this, which would mean people could use it to eventually go on to uh, other college degrees. It meant the Shiva was, was eligible for a lot of the different types of grants and scholarships, Pell Grants, different things, etc. Being large money, amount of money, it was very, very beneficial to the finances of the yeshivas. They're having this meeting, and so part of the meeting was to explain why using the standard accreditation, the curriculum, etc., doesn't work for yeshivas, because that's not the program. So one of the aides of one of the, the, the who was there this this person in the Board of Education, one of his aides, he was a young, he was a, spoke up and said, I don't understand, so just change your curriculum. <laughs> he says, and there was a rabbi there, this is the person saying the story, he says, he says, young man, he says, our system of education has been around for 3,500 years. We do not need to answer and to change because you say so. That was a story. I could picture Shiva doing it. Um, <laughs> he, like, you know, he figured out from the story which who who was it says there was, it was this, this this biblical rabbinic figure looked like he was a, out of the Bible. Said this this sentence. You know, they're there to get to convince the government to get this accreditation, but you're telling us that the yeshivas are wrong. I don't care what we will get. Yeah, we'll get. But you're not going to talk to us like that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you the M is the way it is. Okay. That's one Maestro Shiva. The second Maestro Shiva is a little more juicy. Um, so this is 1936. So he's learning in Tells. He was in Tells from 1933 to 38 as a, a Bakr. He went there. He was 18 years old. Stayed there until he was 23. Came back to America. And his, his, he was engaged. The war broke out. His colleague came Bet she got to America like a, like a year and a half later. They got married. Fine. 1936, the Telzerov was a very strong, had a very strong sheet on many different topics. Strong, her gift was, you know, a lot of that strength got from his Rosh Hashiva. There was a speaker brought into the city of Tells who was representing something which the Telzerov was very against. So, Gifter and three other Bokhim said that they're going to deal with this situation. So the speaker obviously spoke in the, the theater house. That was the, large, the largest place where they could, you know, have a speaker. And it's a wooden structure. So there's always a fear of fire. So these four Bokhim stationed themselves in the four corners of the, of the, of the, bu the building. And when the, the speaker got the, to his, like, the, the climax and when he's going to do this, uh, they screamed out fire from the four corners of the room. 
every stampeded out, and that was the end of the drosha, and you know took care of that this guy's false false ideologies, etc. So they were very proud of themselves. <laughs> the next day, he gets a message that the, that tells the rov that the Shiva wants to speak to him. He says, "I was expecting to get a yeshikoya." <laughs> He walks into the Shiva. The Shiva tells him, he says, Pros, Pros is Wildkeit, being wild, is not Kanos. Turn out of Yeshiva for a week. Um. So, where, where does that mean? He goes back to America for a week. You know, like, <laughs> he said he went to the local basement, the shul, the local shul, and he sat in the shul, and he slept in the shul. And some lady in the community had Rachmanus and brought him some food. For a week, he just, you know, wow. that's what he did. So Shiva would say this, this story over almost every year, Parshas Benvis. So, pros, nit kanos. Vilt kait is nishkin kanos. So, how do you know if it's kanos, if it's true kanos for Hashem? How do you know? So, he says, he would say, if you do it with the same level of hislavis, of excitement that you're putting your tefillin, you know it's it's kanos. If you're more excited than that, <laughs> it's pros, it's vilkai. That was Shiva's uptouch. That means it's kishmak, you know, it's exciting, it's a really kishmak to be able to the guy who has throws his weight around and can put people down and attack them, etc. That's not Hashem. That's not Nikmas Hashem. Right? And there's a person who does it with, with the with the, the equanimity, with the clarity. I, I'm not doing it because I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I, I'm doing it because this is the right thing to do. Like I put a thrill in every day. It's right. I might have a little bit of size of excited about putting a thrill in. Maybe, maybe not. You know, but it's a, that's the responsibility that I have to, rep- to do the right thing. So this is the same thing. Are there Yechiri Yechiri Eskula who Hashem's... They, they, Covered burns in their heart to the point that they get excited about it. Yeah, but we think we're one of those people we're fooling ourselves. But Klaisos is Nikmas Hashem. That what the Nehemiah is saying is that um, that Pinchas was the, the Torah describes. He gets his reward for what he did was priestly Sholem, the priest of Sholem. If the, the, you know. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what what I would offer instead, but like, because he did this act of wildness and attacking, so he gets peace and serenity. I mean, you know, obviously that's not true. He could have done an act, but he was able to take himself out of the picture and focus on the Bershom's needs. And And he went above and beyond what it means to be the average person. He put himself in tremendous danger, but he did it because that's the right thing to do. And he and because I'll say he had fouled the halacha, he discussed the Moshe first. I'll tell you a story about that also. <laughs> All right. Th- that meant it was done from an equanimity. With, there was Shalom there. There was a serenity. He knew it was the right thing to do. So he was at peace with his decision. That's a B.C. Shalom. That's an Iqbal Hashem the Klai Sol had. Tell you, Maisa. The Rashiva would, would, would make, take stands on things and he would speak very, very strongly. And there was people who sort of assumed like it was just he shot from the hip. It wasn't true. If you knew behind the scenes some of the stories, you realize it wasn't true. 
there was a, there was a story which took place in Cleveland that person X got into some type of a difficulty with person Y. And person Y threatened person X that he's going to besmirch his reputation, etc., etc., etc. If he doesn't conform, etc. And this was done in a way which was, there's elements of being, of being done, but it was done publicly. The Rashiva told the person why he has to apologize and you know take back what he's done, etc., etc. Person X, if not, I need to make a public stand against what you what you did. Before he did that, he had a meeting with, he discussed it with another Godel. Should he make a stand on it? Number one, the decision was yes. As he's going to go up to give the drusha, making a public response to what had happened, he walked over to person X. One last time, did he apologize before I get up and speak? No, he didn't apologize. Okay, he 